I'm Mike Breen, Public Awareness Officer for the American Mathematical Society, and I'm talking with Emmanuel Candes, who is at Stanford University in the Mathematics and Department and Statistics Department, and we're talking about compressed sensing. And, and so, Emmanuel, can you tell us a little bit about what it is and what math is involved uh, with compressed sensing? Yes. So, compressed sensing is a new sampling theory that goes a little bit against traditional wisdom in signal processing. And so the traditional wisdom in signal processing is roughly this. We acquire lots of data, that is, we sample a waveform at a very high rate. Then we need to store it and, or transmit it. Now, most of what we measure is extremely redundant. What that means is that we can discard most of the samples that have been acquired without much information loss. And so the traditional paradigm in signal acquisition is sample a lot or acquire a lot and then discard a lot. And the reason we need to discard is because we need the digital file to be able to be transmitted efficiently or stored on a disk efficiently. And so we perform compression. So basically we acquire signals and then we compress them. And this seems extraordinarily wasteful because you might want to ask, why is it that you acquired so much data once you know that you're going to throw so much of it away in the compression stage. And so what compressed sensing is, it's a new acquisition protocol that goes against this paradigm, since it says that it's possible to sample data in already compressed form. And so what it says is that you can acquire the information you care about and not the information that you'll end up discarding. And so as a result, you can obtain highly resolved signals from what seems to be a very small number of samples. You say it's, it's counterintuitive. It, it seems to go against the Shannon sampling theorem. Yes, exactly. Because what the difficulty is, is that in a traditional scenario, to know what samples I can safely eliminate, I need to be able to look at the whole signal. So I need the entire collection of measurements to know or to decide what to keep and what to throw away. And what makes compressed sensing completely counterintuitive is that we don't need to see the entire signal to decide what to keep and what to throw away. And that's why it goes against conventional wisdom. When you discovered this, you didn't believe it, and the people who were looking at your paper or your results, it was hard for them to believe too, correct? So as, been, as has been documented, we discovered this a bit by accident, and it was in an application in magnetic resonance imaging, where in this application, people were interested in speeding up acquisition times in magnetic resonance imaging, in MR. And so the only way you can really speed up acquisition times is by sampling less. Roughly speaking, it takes a certain amount of time to collect a single data point, which is in some sense incompressible. And so going faster means fewer data points. And so when we were able to show radiologists that we could obtain highly resolved images from highly undersampled data, uh, they were very surprised and very skeptical at first. That's correct. Then we began to look for a theory explaining what we were looking at on the computer. And it is true that when we started submitting the first papers, uh, these papers were met with a bit of skepticism. Is it true that you wound up talking to Terence Tao when you were dropping off your children at preschool? Yes. I mean, the story is slightly less romantic than this. 
I knew Terry by reputation, and I had a brief conversation with him. But I remember one afternoon in, in January or February of 2004, I was working at the Institute of Pure and Applied Mathematics at UCLA, and Terry happened to stop by. I told him about what I was working on, that is, this kind of curious phenomenon that I was observing on the computer, which was saying that I could reconstruct highly resolved MR images from very few Fourier coefficients. And I was explaining, Terry, that I had the beginning of a theoretical argument explaining why, why this ought to be the case, but I was stuck on the proof. And so that's how I started my conversation with Terry. Terry saw immediately that my problem was connected with things that he knew in harmonic analysis and thought that this was a problem interesting enough so that we could possibly contribute. Now, the story about the kindergarten is my professional relationship with Terry lasted for about a year. And during this year, it is true that we wrote about five or six papers, most of which were actually written while we were dropping our kids at the kindergarten and the daycare. But our original meaning was at IPAM. Uh, so they have a drop-off area and a writing research paper area at the school. Exactly. But what we would do during these drop-offs is where we were sketching what is it that we would like to say. And then each of us, we would come, we would go to our offices and... You know, later that day, we would exchange emails saying, like, yeah, perhaps theorem X and Y are true, but Z is not true. And that's how we proceeded for a while. You mentioned harmonic analysis. One paper I read, you were surprised it reunited areas like probability and analysis. And also in compressed testing, linear programming is used and, and random matrix theories. So a lot goes into it. Yes. So I think one of the nice things about compressed sensing is that it brings together many disciplines of mathematics. Uh, I don't think it's fair to say that probability and analysis have, have never been mixed before. I mean, certainly they were mixed. And for example, the work of Bourguin really exemplifies the mixing between uh, analysis and ideas from probability. What I meant by this is that because compressed sensing is so close to approximation theory, and approximation theory had been for so long essentially a deterministic theory. I think people were surprised to see in approximation theory the um, eruption of probabilistic ideas. And so I have very uh, esteemed colleagues like Ron DeVore, for instance, who did not think about the use of probability in such a context. And that's I think what a lot of people, what a lot of my mathematicians, colleagues, found inter interesting about compressed sensing is that all of a sudden you could use probabilistic arguments to think about approximation theoretic problems. Other disciplines that play a big role in compressed sensing are, of course, uh, mathematical optimization, since most of the reconstruction algorithms, that is, this process of reconstructing those images from these very few samples involves solving very large-scale convex programs, and as you said, sometimes linear programs. Emmanuel, is there anything you'd like to add? Yes. I mean, of course, I mean, it's very kind of you to interview me. I just want to say that lots of people have contributed to this field since the early papers, most notably David Donohoe from Stanford University, and that by now it's a very, very uh, rapidly growing field where there's a large number of people contributing to, one, the theory of compressed sensing, two, um, the numerical underpinnings of compressed sensing, and by that I mean the design of algorithms to perform these reconstructions as rapidly as possible. And three, and perhaps most interestingly as we speak, about the designs of hardware systems implementing in hardware the promise of compressed sensing 
And by that, I mean to take this kind of randomized measurement that compress sensing advocates to effectively reduce uh, system resources. And so it is quite unique today to see the convergence of these three distinct communities of theoreticians, algorithm people, and hardware engineers coming together to develop full systems of theoretical ideas, computational ideas, and of course, engineering ideas in, in their systems. Emmanuel, thank you very much. That's Emmanuel Candes, who's at Stanford University in the Department of Mathematics and the Department of Statistics. Emmanuel, thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Thanks for your interest.